0: We have so many goodies to share with you, let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you could join us as we talk all about Enneagram Six. I am so excited for this episode. I love my six friends and family. They are some of the most fun and caring of all the types. So I really could not barely pick a quote because there's so many endearing quotes. And if you read my newsletter, you'll notice I picked one from Dear Evan Hansen. I think Evan Hansen is a clear six wing five, but... I'm going to share another person here on this podcast today because you know I like to do double duty on quotes first, but second of all, the person I have today on the podcast is a six from classic books, and I love to read classic books. This is one of my favorite authors, and my daughter happens to be going through one of his books right now, but his name is Mark Twain. He was somebody who used a lot of satire and wit to help people in ways they didn't even realize he was helping them in. He was just ahead of his generation in many ways and we just have so much laud for his bravery and courage and you guys will hear about how those are so important to a six but i really want to let you know he has a lot of six quotes so just look up mark twain quotes if you want to hear even more of them i'm gonna have to share two of them to be quite honest they're just there's just too many so the first one is courage is resistance to fear mastery of fear not absence of fear Then his other quote that I'm going to share is, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. And so, this is a way we jump into learning about how the six can show up at their best and also how they could just be helped sometimes when they remember. A lot of what they do prep and plan for doesn't actually happen. But we are who we are, we do the best we can. And today, I'm just excited for you to jump in with Jen and I as we go through all things Enneagram six in marriage and relationships, not only for the sixes listening, but for the friends and families and especially spouses of sixes listening. So make sure you not only check this out, but also our 30-page deep dive guides on the type six. My six clients and family love researching, so I'm hopeful that you guys will too. It was great fun putting these together. I'm thankful to my Enneagram and Marriage Certification students for asking for them. I'm grateful for Jen helping me to edit them. And most of all, we're just all so grateful for you for partnering with us on this journey to just making sure step-by-step we're better in our family life, and our friend life, and our personal life, and in our married life. Okay, let's dive right in. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We're diving into the six today.
0: Yes, this is such a fun, caring, and loyal Enneagram type. I just love that they get a show all on their own because I know they're some of the most generous people to others, right?
1: Oh, yes. We love our sixes and I totally agree. I think the word loyalist is one of the best descriptors for them.
0: That's true because they care so much for their people more than they care for themselves sometimes, even if they don't realize it because they know they can be pretty self-preserving too. But but I really think that their love for their people goes beyond any self-love. So I just want to commend them and also say, let's just help you guys to have even better and healthier relationships, you and your people. So spouses of sixes, friends of sixes, thanks for listening too, right?
1: Yes, I think everyone needs to listen to really all the types, because once you learn about all the types, you can start to understand your friends and your family better. And I think that's such a huge gift, knowing just what they're like, that way you can better interact with them and understand them at their core a lot better.
0: Mm, yes, I do too. It's a really cool thing to have the Enneagram because before we used to kind of just be so hard on each other and now we're learning, Oh my gosh, this person's coming at life from such a different angle and viewpoint. And I was just talking to a six this week who said the Enneagram has helped them to be a bit gentler. So we're going to be really learning about six today. And where do you think we should start Jen?
1: Well, definitely let's go into just the sixes, an overview. Tell us about what a six is and the strengths and the weaknesses and all of that.
0: Okay, well, we've already given a hint that sixes can be some of the most loyal, generous, witty people out there, and yet sometimes they struggle against worry because they're such good planners. They're in the thinking triad along with fives and sevens, and they sit right in the middle. And if you heard our three episode, know that three, six, and nine sit in the middle triangle of the enneagram, and while that may not seem very significant with them being a bit more pulled in sometimes they're really good at knowing what other people are thinking and doing and wanting to follow other people or their their thoughts emotions or body but what's really important is that these types in particular learn how to invest in themselves and to say, my thinking needs to be worked on as a six. And for the three, it would be feelings. And for the nine, it would be their own body work. So, this is kind of something that I want every six and six spouse to know first and foremost is that although sixes have such a capacity to be amazing thinkers and analysts, a lot of the time they give away that brain power to others. I've heard six spouses say, ask my my spouse, they know more. When in reality, I know the six has this brilliant mind. And sometimes you can tell because they're in this really highly technical field, but at other times you can just hear the research they've done and the refining powers of their analytical mind. And, and yet you also have a sense that they just don't give
1: themselves enough credit. Have you ever noticed that about any sixes, you know? To be honest, I am trying to figure out if I know many sixes and I'm realizing that I don't know if I can identify a six very well. And because of the triad, I think that sixes can sometimes get muddled with threes and nines. Have you ever experienced that?
0: Yes, I have. And I think that you bring up an amazing point, Jen, that sixes get mistyped more than probably any other type because of this. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's people who have done a really great job on trying to differentiate this and Catherine Favre, in particular, you can go to catherinefavre.com and her last name is spelled F A U V R E.com. And the Catherine is with a K. She really cares about this issue. So she's put thousands of dollars into testing. For uh, in particular, sixes that are mistyped. So you can take her test and she'll let you know if you have a six. And we know beyond that, it's better to really look at. You can go to my page, enneagramandmarriage.com, and read how do we find our types, or you can go to enneagraminstitute.com to see what does a six look like in health, um, in moderate health, and then in dysfunction. And then I'm also going to bring up here that we're doing our own deep dive guides as part of these episodes. And I have not only the six in health. And dysfunction, but six in relationship, health, moderation, and dysfunction. So we really want sixes to look at our resource we made for you too. And you can get that, like I said, at our website, we'll put it in the show notes because this is the type that is hardest to identify. So thank you for bringing that up, Jen.
1: Well, that makes me feel a whole lot better because (laughs) I felt like I really couldn't identify sixes. And now that I know that it makes me feel a lot better. And I think it's also just a matter of really understanding the core aspects of a six. So maybe you can go into more about Mm. what exactly is a six.
0: Absolutely. So sixes have this issue or vice or sin or passion. People use different names, but the main issue for a six is their fear. So as much as I said, they're brilliant minded, whether in marriage or life, both, they often do not give themselves enough credit. And and they come at that from a place of fear. So we're going to talk in a little while about the subtypes and you'll see how they each deal with their fear differently. But each of the subtypes of six has a lot of fear and that is with them at all times. And so we have to learn to manage our vices and passions um, or they will rule us. And so what the thinking that takes over in this unhealthy way with the six is the thinking of cowardice. I can't step up i can't step in i need to keep planning and even over planning and over controlling and they just get very reactive and in marriage in particular they can be overly reactive And then their defense mechanism can come into play um, where they really start projecting these fears onto their spouse. So little things in their minds that they've thought this could happen now become it did happen. It probably happened. And depending, there could be even levels of paranoia about it. Um, I mean, when you're a thinking type at all five, six or seven. I think people would be surprised at how far we can go with our thoughts. And I think it's really important to have support there to have people say, nah, you just took that way too far (laughs) because we have a lot of theories going at any given time. Um, and, And so I think that it's really important for six being right in the middle of that fear triad to watch out for fear and cowardice, making these projections seem even more likely. And here's why it's an extra caution. Not only can it increase anxiety levels but it can also uh, increase and create a self-fulfilling prophecy about marriage negativity because now the spouse is doubting themselves.
1: So now that I'm thinking about it, self-doubt is a huge factor when it comes to identifying a six, isn't it? Yes, it's
0: huge. Yeah. So now you know Mm -hmm. why it's harder for them to identify because if somebody else says, this is what you are, they're much more likely to say, Oh, you think so? So one of their big growth pieces, and we'll talk about some marriage tips in a little while, but is for them to really start learning that they have enough resources. They're great planners. They're the person on the airplane with the big purse and all the supplies, or they're the person who's in maybe uh, police or you know, some sort of civil helping job that they're preparing and planning everything for their community or friends, or at least themselves. And so it's, Owning it, it's acknowledging I'm good at this. In fact, I'm really good at this. But I can also let go at some point and come into some holy faith here. With you know what, like God has this, and I'm going to be okay no matter what. And the Enneagram doesn't ascribe to a religion, but it does leave room for God. If you look at the physical symbol of the Enneagram, there it bottoms out, and and that's in this place of wait a second here. Like we we really do struggle in life, and we re- really do rub up against ourselves. And this is an invitation for. God in our lives. But I would say that for thinking types five, six, and seven, it's perhaps the hardest space. And I sometimes think of doubting Thomas when I think about those of us in this grouping, because we just have so many questions. And I think it's okay to sometimes say, there's just a lot of questions. I don't have answers to them all, but I do have some element of faith that there is something going on that's bigger than me. And for me, I ascribe it to my faith, but I just want to invite sixes into that wherever you're at, that if you hold on to control of your spouse and every little thing in your life and planning, and you give your power entirely away to that or to an authority figure, you're going to wind up really hurt and probably not married anymore. So it's really important that you do um, at some point, let go. And I hope that's fo- that you're following that, Jen, because I know that's a lot.
1: Yeah, I was following that. And I was also thinking a lot about their virtue of courage. Mm-hmm. And if maybe they don't have faith or they're not quite there yet, I think it, that is a huge thing that Sixes can work on is to be more courageous. Oh, so they yes. can reach out with more trust, more faith than just themselves. And they can keep their hearts open to whatever is happening or may happen, and then be more decisive about making the next steps. Because I think sometimes that can paralyze the sex being so afraid that they're just not doing anything.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you just stated that because that courage brings them so much peace. And that is just such a beautiful essence for them to be able to say, you know, honestly, I can have faith in myself and others and God, knowing that there's always hope. And I think that that's really important for them because they really, and that's funny because yeah, hope is the virtue of the three. So it kind of comes full circle in that, especially when you think about holy love being the virtue of the nine, it's like, okay, we've got it all. We've got faith, hope, and love here. These are our core. It's kind of like the three primary colors, right?
1: Yes, that is beautiful. I did not ever realize that. Oh, We're gonna have to so- make up an image with faith, <laughs> hope, and love for the Enneagram. I love that.
0: We are. It's like all about the glow, right? Like we just love these color mm-hmm. imageries of the, the blending of these primary colors into we hope all of us, honestly, sixes, we hope that we can all take on your best traits, just as we hope you can learn from the the three and the nine and all of the types. So these are their, their best moves, their best spaces for growth. And I just want to talk a minute about the etiology of the six. Also, I hope that will help you Jen and listeners to kind of further identify sixes.
1: Yes. I think that gets down to the roots. So please go into that more.
0: Yes. And I really want to add a caveat here, and I hope you know this about each type. It doesn't fit everybody. (laughs) The Enneagram (laughs) is not something that is so cookie cutter that you have had to have had this one family story in order for this to be true about you. You can be a six, even if this wasn't your story, but many sixes, because there's this strong superego part of them, along with ones and twos that also have this strong superego, there was often a strong superego kind of parent who, and by superego, I mean the parent portion of the brain. Um, and it could have been developed because there was an absence of a parent and they had to develop that themselves. But many times in the case of a six, it was because There was a strong father figure in their lives who gave them commandments that weren't, they weren't always sure they could follow them. And sometimes they were given in a sharp way. And just think about it. If somebody made you do something in a sharp way, even if they were very loving, but they just kept saying, do this, do this, do this. It jars you a little bit, doesn't it? Completely.
1: That's what I was thinking. It would jar me and it would make me um, really doubt myself. And in fact, I just Mm -hmm. want to bring in that Mm -hmm. one aspect into this is that, Someone who's always had the decisions made for them could also be a part of this, couldn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's that whole super ego of, I'm gonna tell you what to do. This is right, this is wrong. This is right, this is wrong. Versus letting them really identify any kind of inner lifestyle that says, let me see what I'm developing about being human. What does it mean to be me? What does it mean to have faith? What does it mean to grow? And these are important reflections everyone has to go through. I mean, that's a human thing we've been talking about since the beginning of time, not just the Greeks before that, what is life? What is the meaning of life? And a six gives this away to others when they're not careful. And it's beautiful in this way that we do have to build upon our predecessors and the halls of faith. But I I mean, that'd be such a shame if we didn't look at history, but to not add in our own colors, our own interests, our own light, our own perceptions, our own mind, especially when you've got that beautiful mind of a six is really a shame because they have a lot to contribute to.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I like what you said earlier about how the ideology is not for everyone, but it also can be a great place for people to identify if they're not able to figure out their type, maybe they're torn between two, they can look at that and they can say, Oh, this is what my childhood was like, maybe that's where I got it from.
0: Yes, true. And that just helps them, like you said, to identify for a personality who tends to get stuck. This is an easy way to say, oh my gosh, yes, I had somebody like that in my life. This is a fit. I also realize how much I'm in fear, even if I'm acting out and I'm courageous. Also, I struggle with fear or I struggle with cowardice sometimes. So these are really important places that the six can further identify their type. Great question, Jen.
1: Very good. So now that we've gone through all of those, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the blind spots in marriage?
0: Absolutely. I think that one of the big blind spots in marriage for a six is that they really want to control the reactions and responses of their spouse and what they do together. It's, I've thought it out. I know it would be good. I know where we should go because I'm troubleshooting this fear of losing myself, of insecurity of not knowing if we'll be secure. And so their spouse feels cornered sometimes into, we can only do these routes. And sometimes it's physical. Like I don't like driving down this road. I was recently um, remembering when my mom had said, my dad was in a six mode. I think he was the uh, eight, six, four tri-type. I'm not sure, but he was in a particular six-ish mode of unhealth. And she said that he was really upset that a beer can had gotten on the lawn and it was troubling him so much. And he was mad at her because she didn't also get mad that the beer can was on the lawn. She hadn't deduced all the different possible reasons for that. She had probably said, let's just clean it up in a very nine kind of a way. So I think six is blind spots can look different. There are going to be so many different blind spots they can have um, per their type, per their subtype instinctual. But this is one of the biggest is I want you to feel exactly the way I feel. And I really want to control our movements because I want to keep us safe, but it's just an overly done movement. And like I said, sometimes, sadly, it can bring out a self-fulfilling prophecy of, I'm so afraid that if you don't do my steps that you'll leave me. And in fact, the spouse says, because you were keeping me on such a tight rope, I'm leaving you.
1: Wow. I didn't realize that at all. That is huge. It is okay, huge. That is a- Very interesting.
0: There's one more huge one for sixes that's a blind spot I'm going to bring up. And I hate doing this as a seven because I like happy stuff, but I'm actually doing this because I want to help you guys to avoid disaster. And I know you want to avoid disaster as six. (laughs) So I'm taking a deep breath with you, but this is a huge one for you to know. Yeah, I was just going to say this
1: is going to be helpful for them in growth. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: Sorry, but I'm going to be honest. I see a lot of sixes and uh, also sometimes when their spouse does something that injures them, They get so upset and offended and can't let go of it. So luckily in our deep dives, we have something about forgiveness and you don't have to do our deep dives by any means in order to learn this, this practice, but, you know, be learning about forgiveness because it's a huge, and for some of us lifelong, especially those in the the thinking triad practice. But I think that it's a really important one, especially for sixes because they have such a long memory like nines. um, But. They and nines can kind of deeply hold on to it and then they're like, Okay, I've got my holy love, but sixes need some of that. They'll we'll talk about their error work in a minute and that'll help. But they really need to grab onto that love because it's really it's really natural for them to say, I can't trust you. What you did, I will not leave you, I will never leave you, because sixes are very loyal, as you said but now we're going to remember this together forever. And I'm going to make you pay for it forever what you did to me. And it just wounds the relationship further. And once again, makes them more likely to have bad things happen to them. Now, a six, when I say that might take it so far to say, oh my gosh, wait a second. She just said that is my spouse cheating on me. So I want you to take a deep breath as you're listening. I want you to um, lower your shoulders and just take a deep breath and relax and allow that. We've been talking lately about the vagus nerve in our inner circle with Enneagram and Marriage, our, our coaches, um, just allow your body to, to really decompress a bit because it does not mean your spouse is cheating. It just means that you have to be willing to be more positive and forgiving and a little lighter And when you do these things, your spouse is so much more going to be attracted to you and want to be with you when you're controlling and asking and questioning and more paranoid. They're not going to want to be around you as much. So this is really important that you manage your interior stress and your autonomic nervous system a little bit and just take some deep breaths and have a little bit of faith and then show a little bit more love and fun. So I hope that helps.
1: Yeah, I love what you said about just taking a deep breath. And um, doesn't mean that someone is cheating on you or that you cannot trust anyone. It's just a matter of, you know, you need to look at all the different angles and understand different perspectives, I think, as well from people. So I like what you said about how they cannot assume that their spouse is cheating on them, but they need to first look a little bit inward and see maybe where their own insecurities are coming from so that they're able to move forward. And also just to communicate some of this with their spouse. I think it's really useful. Their spouse, you know, may not be a six. And so they don't understand this insecurity and this self-doubt. So I think being able to communicate it. So knowing their Enneagram is huge for sixes.
0: Me too. Thank you for adding that because it reminds me that they also do well with writing because it slows down their thinking. They do well with going away to take some time thinking on their own, even though they want to solve everything right here, right now, be super reactive. Um, some of their spouses will want that too. Others will need some intensity break, depending on the different glows we are with each of the different types. But I really want to just remind sixes that they do well in writing, but you got to put your money where your mouth is. Don't just write it out and say, I'm sorry, I never forgive you. I'm sorry, I'm at times super. Mean to you because I'm projecting, you know, start to say, I'm taking baby steps away from that and then do. And the biggest baby step I can offer you right there is controlling that, um, that vagus nerve and just, okay, the deep breath is coming. I'm okay. I'm not in an emergency. I don't have to do the fight, flight, flee, fawn. I think sixes can be the ones we've talked about that on Andy Culber's episode. They can be some to fawn of, oh my gosh, I'm in a people, please. But then deep down, there's still the distrust. So it's better to say, I'm, a good planner and I'll be okay. No matter what happens to me, the other shoe has dropped and I'm still standing. Um, but it's also good to say at some point, if there is an issue, I will address it. I'm not just forgetting that life exists. I'm not going into the unhealthy nine space, um, because sixes have the arrow to nine and I'm not going to just like forget about it, but I'm, I'm going to forget that, I could be hateful to you right now. I'm going to show love instead. And if I have reason that is really good and I've checked it out with some accountability and we both think that it's really good, um, that's when healthy accountability should be there for a six, when the paranoia is taking over. Um, Just check in with a friend, a counselor, a coach, and say, hey, you know, this is running through my mind again. And they can say, you know what? I think that you're just being a little bit obsessive here. Check in, but don't be mean about it. Um, And that way the six still, gets to answer their own question, but they can still get accountability. So I hope sixes listening can understand that support is part of growth for all of us, but it's not everything. You still have to, at the end of the day, make a decision for yourself, a wide awake decision.
1: Yeah. I like how you said that. So accountability is important, but then also making their own decisions and taking control of their fears and their insecurities.
0: Yes. So important.
1: Very good. So do you want to talk a little bit about the subtypes of a six?
0: That'd be great. So the self-preserving six is very warm and fun and they really enjoy a lot of quick chatter and they can be very funny, very sweet. I mean, that's a word that I almost wanted to call this marriage subtype because I just knew that they are sweet, but I also knew some people would not like that word. But I I think it's that they're so kind and loyal and caring that sometimes people take advantage of the six, especially because the six is the one most likely to give their power away to authority and to be the most childlike of the sixes and they can be mistaken for twos. So it's important that this six get their self-care and they do a pretty good job of this, this six, I think if you tell them to, because again, I'm a coach who works with people. So I have a bit of a, uh, I have a different angle. So sixes I talk to that are self-preserving sixes are like, yeah, I'm going to start going to the gym. It helps them a lot because it gets rid of a lot of the anxiety and it brings them into some body and some courage, but if you're so if you're not in coaching that's a great tip for you but that's not the only tip for the six the six has to learn to trust themselves more i think more than any of the sixes and i think their spouses can really feel it when they're like oh my gosh like you're always looking to others to give you answers and especially if it's not your spouse but even if it is your spouse i think your spouse really wants to have an adult i think your spouse wants to have an adult to adult relationship. So this six has to really watch out that they rise up, that they stop planning so much and that they really show a lot of maturity and ownership. And I grew up and I can make decisions. Some of them will be right. Some of them won't be, but it'll be okay either way. So I hope that's helpful about that six.
1: Yeah, I can understand all of that. And that's, I really like what you mentioned there about the six, um, Just, you know, being very sweet and being very fun, but I think you're right not to give it that label. I think that might be offensive to some. So uh, that was good.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I think that the social six can be so loving and giving toward their authority figures, but... The fear there that's a healthy fear is that they give their power away. And because sixes are always kind of a contrarian, no matter what type or subtype they are, they will still be looking and checking not only with spouses, but even with these authority figures in their lives, like political figures. Um, to check on them and to see if they're good. And it's exhausting and it takes up a lot of mental work. So it's good to check in on the news, but it's also good to say, I do that for like five minutes in the morning or 10 minutes. And maybe I scan again at night, or maybe I make a post because I'm really passionate about this, but that I don't let it take over my day, my life, my marriage, or that I don't join so many social groups that our marriage is losing itself. And this gets into the instincts, not just subtypes here, but social instinct. People can have great reasons for being social and they, they know what can happen if you don't have a good collective, but they also really understand when they're healthy, that Nurturing the one-to-one is very important and sixes can let go of that, especially the social six. If they're like, I'm comfortable in my groups, I'm comfortable on my own. The marriage one-to-one is very important. So they have to nurture that too and begin to trust their spouses over parents, over these political figures and invest more time here, not just in their passions toward society. So that's huge for that six. And then the last six is the one that fascinates culture. I think a lot, the counterphobic six that looks like an eight, they still look like a6 in the ways that they are fearful and they do come at the world from a place of fear, but they challenge all of their fears. They're often very attractive because they want to look good on the outside. They want to look healthy on the outside. It's best if they they do this over their whole body, not just upper body strength, but that they they get balanced self-care in their bodies instead of just a facade of strength. To be strong is the goal of this six, not to give the power away once again to authority figures, sometimes even unhealthy authority figures, um, who are kind of toxic, but to say, you know what, like, I'm not going to be an extremist. I'm going to have balance. I'm going to have some general faith, general trust. I think this one can struggle the most with faith and trust. Um, and I think those are really important factors because if you're, you're spinning, then obviously there is no faith and trust. So they do have to come back to what are my core beliefs? And they may even need time in a practice. I like how Suzanne Stabile says, take some time to write out um, what are the beliefs you learn from others? What are your actual beliefs that you believe? And um, to differentiate that, I think is helpful. Another quick tip for this six is I think this six struggles the most with the paranoia about the spouse because they're so countercultural and they've had a lot of people flirt with them a lot. I'm, I'm, not to say all of them have, but many of them have because they're usually quite good looking and, and and that they take such good care of themselves. So they often project more on their spouse than is actually there. And once again, that self-fulfilling prophecy can come in. If you keep questioning your spouse, they're going to feel like maybe something is wrong with your relationship. So instead of questioning them, build them up, help them to get strong with you. And if they don't want to get strong in your political rallying or your religious zeal, then you need to find other places where you guys can grow. And once again, just like I said to the social six, make sure you don't overdo in these areas. Give it a little bit of time each day, but don't let it take over you. This six is very passionate and could let their fears take them over in some very unhealthy ways.
1: Okay. I follow you there. And that makes a lot of sense. What you said about not dragging your spouse down with you because they could easily drag their spouse down with them, especially if they, their spouse has some insecurities and some self-doubt. So they need to make sure to communicate it effectively, but then to deal with it. And earlier you mentioned about journaling or talking it out with someone. That sounds like two very good methods. Are there any other methods that you found to be useful for a six?
0: Definitely when sixes, I I mentioned body work, but what I didn't mention was sometimes it's helpful to have an over-the-counter or a prescription medication for sixes. Um, If I was medical, I would love to do an episode on which... You know, medications in particular help each personality type. And I almost could because Wes prescribes medications, but find out with your trusted doctor, what you need. If you're falling into such paranoid ideation that you and your family are in danger, don't ever be afraid of getting mental health help when you need it. And there are just seasons where we do, where our hormones are shifting, or we're going through a divorce, or we're going through a season of grief and we need a little bit of support. And like I said, you might find that Over the counter. I I know a lot of sixes who really enjoy herbal things and um, oils and candles, and there's just so many natural ways as well. But all of the elements can be, you know, tweaked in different ways. So Be open-minded if something doesn't work to try something else. There's so many things that people can do to get mentally healthy and all of which help you to not have panic attacks anymore or to not um, have paranoid ideation anymore. So if it's not working and you're still struggling, go back again. You are worth it. To get that support in your family is worth it. Sometimes people say, I don't want to get on meds, but it's like, which one would it be? Would you rather have to, you know, work on yourself or do body work or get on meds or lose your family? So they have to sometimes make these choices, even if only temporarily. A lot of sixes do well in group therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, There's all kinds of things. Sometimes just having a coach to bounce things off, like I said, those paranoid ideas, um, that helps, but really kind of gently easing up on the spouse doing this forgiveness work. These are huge things. And we can talk a little bit about their arrow work as well for their growth. That was actually going to
1: be my next question. I was going to ask if the arrows would help for them in their health.
0: Absolutely. And I love what you can really follow when we talked about that ideology of a six and how tense they feel like that super ego, whether it's an actual parent or an authority figure, that's kind of do this, do this, do this in their head. It's not just one inner critic. It's an inner committee. Usually, um, when you have that going on, if you just, if you know, a six has arrows to nine and three, can you imagine them just going from that space into the hard work of three, that is not a good move when you're that jarred to then start going into this truth telling of a three, like that's the three's best gift. It's going to be erratic. It's going to be off. It's going to be way too much. It's going to be overpowering. And it's not going to hit the targeted desired audience. It's not going to be speaking the truth in love. Their first move then, whether it's to marriage or community or anywhere, has to be to Nine where they accept things as they are, where they look at the fullness of people, where they just build that compassion, the holy love gets put on. They take some faith, they put it on. They then can move into moving into hope, moving into action with three, and now giving out of that space of hard work. And so you see sixes who do the pistons to either just six and nine, six and nine, where they're worrying, planning, preppers, and now now they're chilling out and watching TV all day. Or you see the six going into six, three, six, three, worrying, planning, prepping, over to overworking, overzealous, over you know, spouting off really ugly comments to people. So what's beautiful is to see the full realm. Oh my gosh. Six, nine, three. How pretty is that when you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I love my spouse. I, I can love them just where they're at and spend time with them. And, even merge with them a bit, think about what we each like to do together and get to know them better and invest in them with positivity and planning and fun. Nines love fun, as do sixes, and chill together. And now that we're rested and revived we can come back into, oh my gosh, let's do the hard work at three. And then lastly, back to six where they say, okay, we've worked hard. What do we need to do to plan and strategize again? Now I can take a look at my news media again. I'm going to revisit some of my, you know, my concerns as a six and move into courage again. So I hope that's helpful. Yes,
1: the moon to nine is just beautiful. I think yes. every, everyone, in in some ways, could move to nine just three, mm-hmm. because it gives you that space to kind of take a breath and relax, and then to move into the harder work. So that would be really useful for a six. Agreed. What about their wings?
0: Agreed. Well, the six really does the best when they move from six to the five wing of sometimes saying, you know, I notice that I'm projecting out all these fears. Let me. Research a little bit. Let me take some time instead of this erratic reactive, like sixes are very reactive. So the five allows them to say, let me, let me really investigate. And sixes will tell you they love investigating. They love checking on other people's social media. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I am saying, um, That it's important for them to really test out these paranoid ideations a little bit. Like I said, with friends, with family, with trusted people only, not not fellow collaborators or conspiracy theorists, um, because sixes can be really prone to that, but to kind of just really check in with some normalizing people and features and people who are opposite from you um just kind of testing and and checking in and that's a good space also sixes do just enjoy research they they check imdb they have fun with their research so that's a good five space for them and it's also a place of retreat so it's not as erratic uh especially if they're prone to the six and three kind of ping pong but then from that five they can actually head over to a fun space of 7 which is their other wing and now they can be lighter, go out, be more in their bodies, um, make a little bit more daring moves. And sixes can be daring when they're healthy. They can say it's not like a crazy risk, but some healthy risks where they enjoy the fun. And I know my husband, my son has some six qualities and he and my husband went indoor skydiving when my girls and I were checking out of college this past Friday. And I've known a lot of sixes to like hiking and you know, really fun, intense adventures because they're pr- good at preparing and planning and seeing it all out. And they're kind of into the superhero thing because remember I said they love that kind of superhero or super ego kind of coming in, being a bit of a savior, saving the day. And that seven allows them to have the fun audacity to do a bit of that in a clean way, which is very innocent. So it's really cute to see them put on their courage and it's not just cute it's attractive cuz they're not all kids they're adults and their spouses so And, and by the way, sixes can be perceived as very, very young or very much an, an older sage. And they've told me that many sixes have said, I do feel this polarity within myself. Sometimes they feel so young and also so old. So it's also important for them to just kind of, okay, I've got a lot of super ego here and I've got a lot of id. Can I just kind of blend in with some healthy adulting? (laughs) So, so that brings them back to the middle.
1: Okay. And that sounds very important that they can come back to the middle, but it's (laughs) interesting with ages. (laughs) Very cool.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm so glad we got to really work through so much about a six today. This I hope is such a helpful episode for our six friends and family.
1: Me too. I think it would be great if you wrap up with uh, any more tips that you might have in marriage, especially for a six or a six spouse.
0: Absolutely. And I want to let the spouses of sixes know your six is so loving and caring toward you and they're planning and prepping and loving it deserves to be honored and i don't want you to take a parent child dynamic with them i want you to be really careful that when you see their hearts for serving and letting others take the authority that you help to give it back to them that you help them to take ownership even if they kind of have to make a list for priorities that you don't allow parent-child dynamics to come in and that you guys fight for this equality. And that could go either way with the six kind of going, okay, like now today I'm the parent and yesterday I was the child. Let it be that you're both adults. And then I also want to add that the six, when they get into fear, that they could own that a little bit, come outside of yourself a little bit and say, you know, let me test this out with you. Like, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but this is my perception. What do you think? And that way you invite your spouse in instead of you just projecting onto them your worst fears, let them in, let them hear it. And then spouses, you're hearing this, you ask too, Hey, I see that you're tense and upset. Can you let me in a little bit? So I hope those are helpful tips for the six.
1: Yeah, I think they really are. And I like the phrase, let me in because I think sometimes we're, we really don't let our spouses in. And so that's a good phrase for all of us to remember that just let your spouse in and let them know what's going on because um, we can't assume that our spouse is going to understand or that they have the same fears and um, doubts that we have. So we, if we let them in and let them know that, then it's going to bring a lot more closeness, but a lot more understanding, which is hopefully a goal that we have in all of our marriages.
0: Yes. I love it. I love to see, honestly, the boundaries. Sometimes six spouses set with their sixes and because I can see that six have to work so hard, but they rise up to courage and they get healthy. And it's the most beautiful thing because they're such caring, fun people. Again, they're a lighter, they're very witty and also very in touch with their gifts and they're aware that they have gifts and that they're very strong-minded. It's a beautiful thing to see them own some of their power. So thank you sixes and six spouses for all you're doing in the world. We're so in awe of you and we hope that you will continue to own it because you've got it. So thank you, Jen, so much for walking this journey with us.
1: Oh, thank you, Krista. Thank you for telling us more about a six. I actually feel like I know a six six is so much better now. And okay. also I hope I'm going to be able to identify a few sixes I have in my life and share this episode with them.
0: Oh my gosh. Yay. I think you will. And I think every listener can now help our sixes in our lives to say, Hey, listen to this episode or grab this deep dive because you are known, you know, like we care about you and we want to see your growth. And there's so many more tips I would love to share. So make sure you check us out and keep listening. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jen.
1: Thanks, Krista. And thank you for creating these deep dives. They're going to be so, or they already are so helpful for so many people. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the Deep Dive episode. I am so glad you did. It was a lot of fun talking about the six. I hope you'll check out our guides. I also hope you'll check out this week's episode with Bee Chestnut on conflict. It was a pleasure to record with this Enneagram Queen on Monday. And then I also hope that you'll join us for the Love is Blind special we're doing this Friday with Enneagram Six, Olivia Heyman. I'm so glad that she was able to join me for this. So you'll get a taste of six for that time also. Have Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.